intro. Yeah, no, I'll, so I'll, no, Trace, I'll, so I'll make the general introduction and Trace will introduce you. So, um, the Westport Public Library and the Quick Center for the Arts is proud to present an official Apple podcast, Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast, with me, Migs Burroughs. And I'm Trace Burroughs. And today uh, we have on our show Anson Williams, who I guess is originally known to the public as Potsy on Happy Days. But since then, he's done a lot of other things and he's directed dozens and dozens of uh, uh, t- episodes of television series and other ventures. So thanks for coming on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. It's good. I'm sorry we're not in the right... Uh... We're like vertical instead of horizontal. <laughs> well, you know what? In these days, it's better to be vertical with something to be proud of. <laughs> That's true. Better to be, it's be, be seen any way you can. That's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like they say, above ground. People say, how are you doing? Well, I'm ab- still above ground. That's... I, I, hey, bro, I am there with you. Bro. I am there with you. <laughs> so, um... I go, I wake up. I wake up. I go, it's a good day. Absolutely. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's live it, man. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, this maybe this has been discussed a lot, so I don't want to overdo it. But uh, you are the cousin, or or he's your cousin, the guy who invented the Heimlich. You are a Heimlich, right? Or related to the Heimlich. Heimlich. Yes. And early, early on before the, well, just to backtrack a second, mm. um, Yes, Dr. Heimlich was my, or Hank was my second cousin, but I called him uncle ever since I was born. So I always, I always uh, called him uncle, Uncle Hank. So um, he became my uncle. Wow. And uh, we were very close. And, um, but before the, the, before the uh, Heimlich maneuver became famous, um, you know, you, you're trying to make us an actor and they go, they go, what's your name? Anson Heimlich. What's your middle name, William? You know, add an S, it's Anson Williams, it's add an S. So I did that, right? And then you know what happened? Every effing person asked, are you Andy Williams' son? Oh, <laughs> you can't, that's funny. I swear to God, I'm going. Yeah. And you know, one time, one time there was this huge event uh, on the streets, a charity thing on the streets of Beverly Hills. And, and I, was, uh, I was there to sing a couple of songs Liza Minnelli was there to sing, and Andy Williams ran it. Right? Oh wow! So, and I went in, and I, you know, I said, you know, I have a bone to pick with you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they tell me, they ask me if I'm your son, and if I am, I don't sing as good as you. You oh. really pissed me off. Oh man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's it's funny. You have people like to ha- tag people. Well, I'm curious. Is an off? Uh, you know, have you ever? perform the Heimlich, or has it ever been performed on you? No, it's very interesting. Uh, no, I never performed it, never performed on me. Uh, but however, you know, Hank, who died just about three years ago, oh. and 90, and, but he's at 96 years old, right? He happened, and he, he's in a, he, was, he was in a retirement community, and a woman was choking as he was having lunch in their commissary or their, you know, their restaurant. Right. At 96 years old, he saved her life. First time he ever did it. Are you serious? Anybody in a real situation. Wow. At 96. And here's another story, guys, that no. very few people know about. 
And this is interesting. Someone should actually do a bigger story on this because um, Hank uh, had a hell of a time getting the maneuver uh, out there publicly because he had a real uh, conflict with the Red Cross. You know, uh, Hank was always an activist and his wife uh, was, was um, Jane Murray, Jane, one of, the, one of Arthur Murray's twin daughters. Oh. And he married her. And Jane was um, a pioneer in alternative medicine. She wrote the book, What Your Doctor Doesn't Tell You. Look her up. I mean, yeah. Oh, I know. Broke it out. And there was a big influence on Hank. Because Hank was head, was head of the Jewish hospital at the time. You know, he was a um, chest surgeon. And she really opened him up uh, looking into alternative ways to help people. It's not always medicine. There's sometimes homeopathy, something else, whatever. But it opened him up to other ways to treat people. And, uh, and that's what really started the Heimlich Maneuver, because friends of theirs, someone died because they choked to death. And, he's, and, he's, and he started researching, slapping on the back. And he's, mm. All you're doing is lodging it. And he started. Re- so anyway, but there were some other things going on with the Red Cross because that, um, that made a huge conflict between them as an activist. And I don't really know exactly what the problem was, but they didn't like each other. Mm. And the Red Cross refused to even, to even begin to accept the Heimlich Maneuver. In fact, they put press out denying it and to keep slapping on the back. And Dr. Heimlich was having a very difficult time getting it out there because of, of the political, politically sizing of the Red Cross. I mean, you know, the, pre, you know, the media will go to the, the, they'll go to the Red Cross before no one knew Dr. Heimlich. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he would get out regional, um, you know, put PR here and there and, and people saying it saved their life, but but people listen to the Red Cross and it just wasn't going anywhere. He was very, very frustrated. And one day um, he came to visit me in California and he's on the Happy Day set. And this is basically the story is Happy Days actually was a huge proponent of saving lives. Oh. What happened was, um, he comes. He's talking about what's going on, and uh, and uh, I didn't have a, a lot to do that day. So uh, the phone rings on the set. It's the Merv Griffin show, and I had done the show a couple of times before, and uh, someone had dropped out that night. So last minute, they asked me if I would be a replacement. Can you just come on and you know sing a song? We'll interview you. We really, you know, it would be a really nice favor. And I thought naively, oh my gosh, I'll get Dr. Heimlich. We'll get the Heimlich maneuver on television. We'll get national publicity. We'll break through, you know, all this, you know, political crap from the Red Cross. And so I said, absolutely, absolutely. So fine. So I, I get off early. I tell Dr. Heimlich, uh, hey, we go down together. And, I, and Merv Griffin was a very, very nice guy. And, uh, but I asked to see Merv, no Merv, he's busy, no Merv. <laughs> I, I, rehearsed, I rehearsed my song, no Merv. They interviewed me, 
you know, what are you going to talk about? And no merch. And it just, it, it didn't work out. So, all right, I'm going to do the show. Um, they put, they gave Dr. Heimlich a nice seat in the audience. <clears throat> uh, I wasn't first up, maybe second or third, I don't remember. And, you know, I sing my little song. And then there's this break where you walk over and you sit next to Merv. So I had about 90 seconds for an <laughs> elevator pitch. <laughs> and I tell Merv, hey, I'm a maneuver, blah, blah. and he goes, wait a minute. He said, he actually saw an article about it. And he went, yes, he's that interested in me. I really, and then the lights come up and Dick Carson, Johnny Carson's brother is the director. And unbeknownst to the director, Merv, the lights come up and Merv says, you know, Anson uh, just told me something very interesting. Is there a Dr. Heimlich in the audience? Yeah. Can you please stand up, sir? He interviews Dr. Heimlich from the audience, wow. has him go up on stage and do the maneuver on Merv. Wow. And thousands, lives were saved. But anyway, the Booker, the Johnny Carson show happened to be watching that show. Three weeks later, Dr. Heimlich's on Johnny Carson. He does on Johnny Carson. And forget about it, man. The Heimlich Maneuver is part of America. Well, oh. so happy. What a great and, connection. And what I'm saying is if Gary Marshall hadn't yeah. created Happy Days, hadn't created Potsy, if Ron Howard, Shh. Henry Winkler, if all these, if all this, you know, combined talent and uh, what didn't make this show happen, I what, who knows, man? How many who lives? Knows? But very few people know Happy Days and everyone involved. Yes, has saved lives. That, that's amazing. Much more than a television show. Yeah. Well, I did it once to my cat. Literally, I mean, it's not a joke. I, my, I, I did the Heimlich on my cat, and I saved my cat. So, thank the Happy Days. I, my cat, I saved my cat's life. Yeah. There you go. Well, <laughs> but is that isn't it? Isn't yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, fate it's works. Like, it, it, the what ifs. Yeah. The oh. What ifs? It's like wow. Very few people know that story. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Trace, so, what did you have a follow? What's your dad's name was Haskell Heimlich, right? Yeah. We, we, I, that's a really unusual name. We have an uncle named, um, who passed yeah. away, Haskell. Haskell Hal Heimlich. How? Originality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Triple H. Triple H Club. <laughs> They're like, well, his nickname was Hutchie. I don't know. Was there a nickname for Haskell? I mean, or they just called him Hal, I guess. Hal. Yeah. I don't know how we got Hutchie out of it, but, but, um, how did you get involved in from going from like happy days to directing? Did you have to show like audition to be your first directing job? Yeah. Obviously being on the set of happy days, you, you saw how, how a director works and you probably learned a lot from that, but how did, how did you go from that transition? Well, well, a lot of that, a lot of that uh, was inspired by Gary Marshall and Ron Howard. Um, I've always been entrepreneurial with a kind of a self-starter and kind of create what you want to do. And um, so before directing, I had created shows. And Ron and I, if you look back, we did quite a few shows together. Uh, in fact, the first big one we did was called Skyward with Betty Davis, uh, which I created, exec produced with Ron, and Ron directed. And that movie, uh, Skyward, got him into in, his uh, feature career. 
Mm. So there's a real bond with Ron and, and, and we did quite a few other things. So I was behind the ca- producing, writing, creating. Um, but then, but then um, Gary said, you know, whatever, he, Gary was like a professor. When we first started Happy Days, he said, you're, he, he brought us together and said, look, you're young guys. Don't want you to get, a, get caught up in fame. I don't want you to get caught up in unnecessary egocentrical situations that don't mean anything. He said, if you want to learn to write, come to the writing sessions. I'll open this lot for anything you want to learn. Directing, editing, mm-hmm. writing. Wow. He said, nice don't come to me with you don't like your dressing room. He said, please, don't <laughs> come to me with that you need, you know, uh, you know peanuts in, you know, in your dress. He said, it's worthless. It's meaningless. He said, it doesn't go on screen, doesn't help your lives. Use this productively. And we listened to him. So as far as where, where did I learn to direct? Probably the greatest directing school in the world. First, Jerry Paris, the Happy Days director, mm. who won, I don't know how many Emmys for directing Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. One of the most, probably the most brilliant director in television history, literally. I mean, I've, I've known a lot of people. This guy was off the map with, with, with just, just instantaneous brilliance. So what is funny? I know stuff, a, you can't learn. You can't learn this stuff. You, you, I know that, what, that's from his heart. So then, and he's, you know, he played Jerry the dentist on Dick Van Dyke. You know, he also was an actor. Oh, so I learned a lot about comedy from Jerry. And then, um, you know, Polanski's directing Chinatown, some scenes on the lot. I shouted him. Hey, you know, I, I literally, I'd ask questions. The guy, he'd get pissed, but I'd ask questions. <laughs> and there's Nicholson, and I'm learning. And then, and then there's John Schlesinger doing Day of the Locust, man. I'm next to him. And I'm like, God, look at, I'm asking 82 million questions. Then I, you know, I'm starting to produce. Ron's directing. I'm asking Ron 82 million questions. So, and then, and no, and no one gave me a break. Hmm. I created the shows. My first two, I created it, I exec produced it, and I hired myself. Second one, Lone Star Kid, starring James Earl Jones, Charlie. I mean, it was that, this was it was actually a big deal for Wonderworks, which was on PBS. Wrote the script, exec produced, hired myself. That then I had the credibility mm. where I finally got hired. You know, I finally got, you know, but, but I'm saying, don't expect someone to roll out the red carpet, man. Yeah. You got to go out there and you got to make it happen. You know? Yeah. People and that's think. how I started directing her. I also knew, I also knew deep down I said, the acting thing, you know, you have to be very um, clear about your abilities. And it's really, really, it's really a fortunate gift. And uh, if you keep going, you'll suck. You know, so it's like it's a, it's really no, it's a it's a very good opportunity to change past where you God, this acting's wonderful. I learned so much, um, you know, and now it's time to switch over. And I did. I I went behind the camera, and best decision ever. Yeah. And from that time, I've been. It just as far as not feature wise, not, not not much. A nice film I did for HBO, but mostly television. And it's just been a very um, satisfying, fun career directing television. 
What's and the, I'm very fortunate. I know what film directors do. Is it, is it the same thing for television or do you have different, like... Um, a film director, you'll live a longer life. <laughs> film directing, you have budgets and you have time. Yeah. And it's like, and you, know, you do television, it's like, first of all, there's, there's, there's a couple of hits in It's that can make you or break you when you do a television segment. One, you're working for somebody else. You know, a showrunner comes in and there's a line producer. All the line producer cares about is, this, uh, don't, <laughs> right? That's it. Yeah. You, you finish so your episode, you're a hero to the line producer. You're like gold, you've, gone, you've come under budget. But then two weeks later, you have to show your director's cut, funner, who wants Gone with the Wind, right? <laughs> they don't know. They don't know you were limited. They don't know that you had only an hour. They don't, it yeah. just, it better satisfy them too. So that's your second hit. So um, you got to please both of them. And that's, and that's the challenge as, as a director for television. And, and believe it or not, they don't have it on, um, it's not, it won't Google up anymore. Used to be, you go, lifespan of a, of a film director. And what came up was, which included production managers, assistant ADs, and directors, film and TV, 57 years old was the average lifespan. Oh my God. And, mo and most of the deaths. Ca career lifespan or life lifespan? Like die. Like oh, die. Oh, like die. oh, and, 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 <laughs> and they, um, so, um, so, so anyway, and I, and you look, you look through the, you look through it, 90% of the death of television people because, because it's so pressure filled. You're so vulnerable. I mean, a hundred people answer to you, but you're the guest, you know, and any problems go to you. So you really have to have a real good, a, a real good approach to not letting it like eat you up. Yeah. So, so television, so I'm saying it's television, very, very pressured job as a director, but I learned, but I learned that I, I just got to the point, you know, something I'm doing the best I can do. I'm putting everything in it. I can do. And I know it, and, and, and F you if that's not enough, you know, fire me. And once yeah. you have that attitude, your goal, it's like, there's total respect. Oh, yeah. If, you know, if, if, if you, yeah, it's total respect because you're going, you know, hey, you have confidence in yourself. You have confidence in your abilities. And I'm not playing that game, you know. And yeah. if it means not working for you again, so be it. Don't need it. And boy, in life, with respect. In life, that works very, very well. Don't be weak. Don't be weak. Don't be a bully. Be confident. Hmm. Do your job, and and don't don't get on the merry ground with these people. Now you yeah. credit in a lot of things I've read. You credit Marion Ross for. Where some of those values come from? Her. Oh, Marion. Yeah. Well, a lot of people. I mean, Marion, yeah. Henry, Ron, Don. Most to this day's my best friend. And yeah, and, but really Ron a lot, Ron and Gary Marshall a lot, Gary a lot, you know, a lot it's, it's, in terms of educating me in the entertainment business. Yeah. Does the TV director give notes to the actors like they do in films? Like, you know, don't do it that way, do it this way, or you just let them 
do it, you know, for the most part. Right. You never you never say don't do it that way or don't. <laughs> you, a direction is not giving one. If you have to give the line readings, you've miscast. Yeah. You know, there's 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 a there, here's the thing with with actors. You've got to get you you got to they have to respect you, and they have to know you respect them. A director brings in the best people. Mm-hmm. Let them do their let them do their job. And, and, the, and actually, Ron Howard gave me great advice. He said, you know, Anson, it took me two feature films to shut up. <laughs> really? Yeah. He said, I, oh, I'm just, and he says, no, you have, let them, let them go. And then just go, hey, what about, hey, what, let them go. Let them create their, their meal. And then like, maybe just kind of, you know, bring it down a little bit. Or he said, let people, that's their job. They, they know their character better. You know, their work, they work hard, give them that credit, give them that, give them that respect. And then you just massage, you know, and that's your job as a storyteller. Your job isn't, you, you, focus should not be on you. On the, it shouldn't be, I'm the director and yeah. you say this, that's baloney. It's mm. collaboration. It's an artistic collaboration. And that, that's the DP, that's the actors, it's the screenwriter. It's like, it's a collaboration and you need and energy and, 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 and the leadership really is a respect for what people do, you know, and they respect you for, for honoring them, you know, and then, and, but yeah, there are times you have to fire people. There are times when someone's not doing the job, then you're, you go, you're out of here, man. Oh, you're out. Really, Goodbye. It's gotta be tough. I, yeah. mean, I, I had a whole thing on the set, especially with a lot of young actors <laughs> when I was striking, they come on the set with their sides. What the sides are, it's the scene and, and, the, and their lines for that scene. I don't want to see sides on a set. You better, you better come <laughs> in. You know what I'm saying? You got a problem talk to the script supervisor. I don't want you re- memorizing the line 10 minutes before the scene. Because you know what I'm going to get? I'm going to get an actor memorizing a line before the scene. I said, you're not going to give me any depth. You're not going right. to give me, you're not, you're not giving me any freebies. You're, you're not giving me any anything you need to be above the script people yeah you know and that means give me more give give me your who you are give me the feelings to go with the line and that means taking time looking at and and really doing your your craft which is becoming it so yeah that i don't stand for no sides on a set hmm so being an actor really helps. So how does any of your experience now? You're a singer. Are you still singing out? Because you're you've you, you had you've had uh, songs. Very, I mean, once once in a while, you know, uh, even the, even the singing on Happy Days was entrepreneurial. Um, when we started Happy Days, uh, actors weren't paid like today. I mean, fr- friends, they'll get a thirty-three share, and it's a million dollars an episode. Right. Yeah. We got we got a 60 share for twelve hundred bucks. Wow. Twelve hundred bucks. And oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most iconic shows. Nine hundred dollars an episode. Second season, twelve hundred dollars. Third season, eighteen hundred dollars. Twenty four hundred dollars. Right. You know, and back then, yeah, I mean, it was the 70s. And but you're not going to you can't live your life on it. So. So I've always been one, and it's a good lesson for people out there. It's easy to see what you don't have. It's harder to see what you do have. 
Mm. And I, look, I went, well, I have a te- there's a television show and lots of people are looking at it. Okay. Well, I'm not making a lot of money. Okay. Um, and then I remembered I had spoken with David Cassidy. Uh, Partridge family had ended before Happy Days, just before. And he was saying, you know, how much better he did off the show than on the show because he got to sing on the show. And then the first year of Happy Days, uh, the Brady Bunch, they were still filming. It was their last year. And Barry Williams was telling me how much better they, they did singing around the world with the Brady Bunch singing, whatever. I go, hmm. Well, I started off in nightclubs and, 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 and musical comedy and blah, blah. I, so I thought, if I can convince Gary Marshall to put music on the show, mm. maybe I can get a record deal. <laughs> and then maybe I can get books and like, you know, and make money. So you had a whole plan. There was a plan. So there. I had a plan. Yeah. I had a plan. So one early morning, I go to, um, I find Gary and he's walking around a lot and he said he didn't have time to talk at that moment. I said, well, it'll only take a minute. He got a minute. Walk with me. Walk with me. Yeah. I'm walking with him and I did the elevator pitch. You got girls in the show. You got cars in the show. You don't have, it's the fifties. You don't have music on the show. We need a band and artists. He goes, Whoa, a band. Mm. He goes, what do you do? What do you, I go, I sing. He goes, you sing? Yeah. He says, are you good? I go, I'm okay. He goes, I used to be, he goes, I used to be a drummer. He goes, Oh, Richie could be on the, and he starts visualizing it. And he goes, I like that. There's a show coming up at a fraternity. Yeah, we'll try it out. Go talk to Bobby, pick a song, the the associate producer. Great, I'm walking away going, I just changed my life, man. I'm singing on national television (laughs) in front of millions of people. I'm gonna make it. Then I hear, he yells me, but you're singing to a bulldog. I go, what are you talking about? You're singing to, he goes, no. I said, "I, I, I, I figure you're good. You're not a liar. I think I don't have time to listen, but I think you're good. But this way, if you're good, if you're bad, I get laughs. And he said, I met when Elvis was on Ed Sullivan, he sang to a bulldog. So what are you saying? So what do I do? I, yeah, I picked, I picked, I'm all shook up, which Elvis sang on, on Sullivan, mm-hmm. right? And there I am at this fraternity party. Well, the bless my soul, what's wrong with me? Cutting to uh-huh. a bulldog. I'm uh-huh. singing to a bulldog. Anyway. And, of course, the bulldog jumps off, doesn't want anything to do with me. Anyway, but he <laughs> liked it. The audience liked it. I got, to, I, now I was able, I was in charge of my own music. I was able to sing on, on about every third show. Mm, right. All of a sudden, Chelsea Records signs me, David Cassidy's label. Right? And, and now, and like months later go by, yes, I'm making $1,200 an episode and $17,000 a night. Oh, my God. What a- Getting booked. <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a yeah and why did it happen why got everyone out there you made it i though. saw opportunity no one gave it to me i yeah. saw opportunity and i and i i made it work and, and gary so, was the drummer in the band right on the show you bet you yeah, bet, yeah. <laughs> was he was he good he, well, he, was, he was a drummer once in a while oh okay he was there if you in laverne and she's doing drums you know the, yeah, we had Bags. There was a guy, kid named Bags who was doing the drums. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know? But anyway, what I'm saying is that it, it wasn't like given to you. It was like, hmm. 
but 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 he was a man that gave me the opportunity once I presented it. Yeah. You know, and then I was able. So, of course, I mean, it created a whole new career. And it lasted a very long time. And I, I and I, you know, state fairs and amusement parks. And finally, I got in the big leagues <clears throat> with Resorts International Atlantic City, Harris Reno, in Vegas, in, uh, in Reno. And um, but then I knew I actually knew um, it was over. I said I, I basically went as far as I could go, gone as far as I could go. I said, this is it. This is your, hmm. you might end up in the lounge. Now be your life. I just, the it factor wasn't there anymore. And, th- and I literally stopped negotiations in Vegas, the Sahara Hotel at the time. Stopped negotiations, the co-headline there. Hmm. Uh, and went behind the camera forever. It was like, it was it, it was done. And I appreciated it. But this singing career was now changing over to behind the camera career. And an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial career in, in products or whatever yeah so it was another transitional time for your life yeah what it was what correct some, what are a few of your entrepreneurial ventures that you've gone on to do oh I, well i co-created star maker products i mean we were on qvc for for 10 years i think i co-created developed 50 products we have one we have one now that actually i i developed with dr heimlich uh, if you go to it, it's called Alert Drops. If you go to alertdrops.com, um, Alert it's a simple spray. Alertdrops.com. Yeah. Um, it started, um, that's an interesting story. Uh, years ago, before I got in the product business, business I was directing. And I was directing um, uh, a hard shoot in Palmdale, California, which is the desert area outside of L.A. And hot as hell. And exhausting, and I'm driving home from from the location, and I fell asleep at the wheel. I I, I literally I, it was almost just like a curtain went down, boom. And seconds later, I'm up, but I'm almost. In the, I mean, thank God, it, I, it didn't hit anybody, but it scared the hell out of me. I called Doctor Heimlich, Hank. I told him what happened. He's, and Doctor Heimlich was is was a genius. Uh, with knowledge and how the body helps the body. I mean, all the, just, just all this, all this knowledge. And he said, Anson, I've cut up lemons with you. I go, well, why? He said, if when you feel tired, he said, the citric acid, sour lemon will hit the lingual nerve, which is part of the trigeminal right on the top of your tongue. And he said, the reflex reaction is adrenaline. Nothing in your system, but your body will wake up with the citric acid, sour lemon, and, and, and naturally. Almost like going, it's like going to the doctor and they're checking your reflexes. Mm-hmm. Same thing, this reflex connection with tongue and brain. So I did that. I bit into lemons and never had the problem, problem again. It works amazing. Then years later, <clears throat> being in the product business, I keep <clears throat> researching problem-solving products. And I start um, researching drowsy driving. And what happened to me, it, it, to this day, is catastrophic in this country. There are more deaths, more tragedies than drunk driving, hmm. medicated driving combined. There's over 200 million, 200 million drowsy drivers a year in America. All right. One out of five admit to falling asleep. So imagine the deaths, the tragedies, hmm. the, whatever. 
And I'm like, oh my God. So I call up Dr. Heimlich. I said, you know, you have this thing with the lemons. I said, can we make a lemon and make a, a spray drop? We just hit the lingual nerve on top of your tongue. He got all excited. <laughs> and he said, oh my God, it'll be better than lemon. It'll be instant. It'll be effective. Absolutely. So he helped me develop, you know, the right combinations. All it is, the whole, the, all it is is superpower lemon. It's a natural lemon, mm. citric, natural citric acid, water, and a bit of preservative. That's it. It's the whole thing. It's, it, it's just a better scooter. And M MIT did studies on this 50 years ago. It's, it's not like brand new. All we did was, was discover it. Quiet. And then the public. So um, we created alert drops. And already we've saved thousands, I mean, thousands of lives. Mm. Um, the United States Congress has honored us, California State Senate, City of LA, Police Department. It's used on sets all over the world because even Deadline did a whole uh, front page story on um, exhaustion in the movie industry mm. and recommended alert jobs. Because we found out, yes, drowsy driving, but we found out exhaustion is, a, is, is even a bigger deal. So yeah. alert jobs helped it. So, we get we donated thousands the last two years to the front to the heroic front front care work health workers. Oh yeah, they, they they're working six, 16, 17 hours a day. We gave them thousands. Um, oh yeah, um, college students staying up all night, uh, <laughs> cramming. They're taking and all this crap, all this oh, yeah. really unhealthy things, even caffeine. It takes 20 minutes to take effect, and you need too much of it. Screws up your sleep pattern, screws up your heart. It's not an abundance of it's not good for you. Um, and they start doing alert jobs. They get up, they're, and guess what? When they're done, they go to sleep. Nothing's in your system. Nothing's going to screw up your sleep pattern. We, and we've got tired mothers, workers, workplaces where you got to be clear, have clarity, not make mistakes, alert jobs. So... I tell, so I tell everyone, you go, go to alertjobs.com. You buy this for your friends. You do. And by the way, it's really reasonable. One little one like this is less than two Starbucks and lasts a month, right? And what I tell people, too, is I said, hey, if you don't want alert drops, fine. If you're in an exhaustive situation, have cut up lemons. Mm. It'll be a little messier, a little messier, but yeah. it works, too. So, but... Gee. Dr. Heimlich's knowledge is not only saving lives to the maneuver, and he even said, Anson, this is more important than the maneuver. He said, it's, it will save many more lives than the maneuver. More people are exhausted than it's choking. Yeah. So it, it's, and actually a couple of weeks before he passed, I had an opportunity to speak with him. And one of the last things he talked about was promise me I'll get this out. Promise me I'll get this out. He knew, he knew the effect of it. So that's the story. Guys. That's so. a, well, that's a great, I mean, we're totally uh, happy to have run over time because it's so, that's so, so amazing. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, don't be sorry. No, it's our pleasure. Just, uh, we, you know, I, I, now I'm going to buy some of those drops. Yeah, I'm no kidding. I, I had an ex such exact experience. I fell asleep at the wheel and the uh, same as you. Luckily, I did not hit a car. I started to go off yeah. the road. But uh, yeah, that's amazing. I'm going to definitely get that. I didn't know why. You know, I used to try to eat chocolate or none of that no, worked. Won't yeah. work. So won't thank work. you. This will work, though, because, because 
I mean, it's a physical effect. Mm, yeah. it's, adrenaline, it's like adrenaline. And you're up and, and they say, how long does it work? We find most of the time, a couple of squirts, 30 minutes to an hour. Mm. They'll get you off the road, get you home safe. And if you need more, it's a lemon. I mean, yeah, it's, right. It's not addictive. There's no side effects. That's fantastic. No, there's nothing. No, no. Well, well this has been great. I mean, it's fantastic. The whole connection and the, the, the life-saving impact of you and Happy Days and everything is just amazing how the life turns, you know, and uh, you've turned it into a lot of positive things. So thank, thank you. you. Yes. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, you bet. Thank you, guys. Sorry for going over us. No, oh no, we have no exact time limit, but usually, usually there's, you know, it's there's not much more to talk about, but there was plenty, so we're happy to okay. have that. Yeah. All right. Well, God bless, guys. Thank you so much. Yep. Great. Thanks. Again. God bless. Stay safe, everybody.